What is happening with respect to Roe v. Wade, to SCOTUS? And what does all of this have to do with God's law? I'm so glad you asked. Hello? Hello, anybody home? I think, McFly, think. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. What were you thinking? I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Don't say anything now. Just think about it. You're listening to Stop and Think About It. A podcast for the Christian thinker in a day when sound biblical preaching has been replaced by man-centered entertainment and the church has become increasingly anti-intellectual. This podcast will encourage believers to think biblically and theologically. So please join me as we get ready to stop and think about it. Greetings, friends and foes, saints and sinners. Thank you for taking this time to join us for today's episode of the Stop and Think About It podcast. I'm Phil, the Bronx Expositor, with my co-host, Glenroy, the West Indian Wordsmith. How are you today, my brother? I am great. It's a wonderful day to be alive in the world of God, that God has made. Amen. And this has certainly been an incredible week concerning the issue which we've been focusing on of late, the issue of abortion. Uh, It's an issue that many are passionate about on both sides of the aisle, but let it be known there are only two sides, pro-death and pro-life. Now, that might sound very pigeonholed to very many people, but Psalm 1 tells us there are only two categories or ways of life, the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. And so violating the sixth commandment, thou shalt not murder, is clearly the way of the wicked. Some may say that they can't understand how is this murder. However, it's really not hard to understand, but it's just really hard for the wicked to swallow. Because murder comes from the heart. It comes from within. All right. So we've heard this week, um, the bombshell has been dropped concerning Roe v. Wade, and there was a a leak um, of an opinion that, or draft that uh, leaked out uh, seemingly purposefully. Um, But before we go into that, I'd like to go into the aspect of uh, what is Roe v. Wade, Glenn? Yeah, so basically it was a a Supreme Court case um, in 1973. Now, just to paint a picture, before this, you know, abortion was essentially illegal it was essentially the states basically the state's opinions were that um unless it was a medical danger to the mother shouldn't be done it wasn't legal now there were doc there was procedures in place to do it um relatively safe compared to it was you know 100 200 years ago but it was basically hey this is just something that happens if there was a um something to do with the life of the mother. Also in other states, and specifically this was happening in Texas, some states also had it for rape, incest, you know, all the things we argue about today. But in 1973, the Supreme Court basically made a decision that it's, it's infamous to this day, and we're going to go into a little more details, basically just saying that it is not the right of the states. And remember, we got to think about it, stop thinking about it as government. So there are the states, which is the local, it's a local government. So where we in New York can, can pass laws that are specific for us compared to those who are maybe in Mississippi or Missouri. Right. And so they're saying the state, that, that body could not determine whether they could make, put restrictions on abortion, period, up in the first trimester versus the other trimesters. Got it. Um, Got it. And that's just the broad strokes of it. So that law said they can't. They, they, the, that it is a woman's, not a woman's right, that what we say now, but that it's, it's a privacy right, that all Americans have a privacy right, which unless the state can make a compelling case that it's causing an undue issue, cannot override. So where did the privacy um language originate oh great question so under under the fifth and 14th well i'm going to focus on the 14th the 14th amendment basically says that the the state the government 
um, has to have a, a respect to your right of property and respect to the uh, under due process. So it's not that you have this unlimited right to own a gun or unlimited right to like build a nuclear weapons on your, your thing. It was just that they're not able to come into your home and just start rampaging your home or taking away your Xbox or, or seizing your home without due process of law. And one of the reasons why that happened was because when we were not a, when we were under the British government, they were able to go into people's homes and take take their things. They were able to seize land, and that was one of the arguments why the founding fathers said, "No, we, we can't live under this way and way. We wanted no representation, no taxes without representation." Was one of the things because tax was seizure. They were like, we're being taxed for things, and we had, we didn't vote on. They're able to just take our property. They're able to put us in jail without us having the ability to have our own peers judge us. So that was the reason why that was placed in there. Now, the Supreme Court says, okay, that's accepted. Without due process, the state has restrictions on what it can do to private property, to private rights. So now they said, hey, in that, we believe there's something called privacy rights. That means that there's a right to your individual freedom, such as now, I don't want to go into it. It's very convoluted. I don't agree with it. But basically, under that umbrella of privacy rights, which was created that day in this argument, they also said that one of those privacy rights is a woman's body, that her right to choose to have an abortion. Mm. Now, that's where they got that idea from. So now the confusing thing is that Fortune Amendment was the idea of due process, that without some kind of legal metric, some kind of process that said, okay, this right that you have to this property has now, be so basically it was, um, how do I phrase this? The state had to provide some reason why your rights have to be overturned, whether it's someone got killed, whether you're harming someone, like it had to be something that became an issue for the state in order for them to get involved. So if abortion is the woman's right, in, in, in terms of her privacy because it's her body and her baby, then the state, why is it involved? Why are you uh, restricting her from doing what she wants with her body? Now, that, the problem with that is that the, the, the Constitution does not mention that in anywhere under any amendment, and there was no law that said that there was this privacy right, and there was no law that, that stipulated that a woman's uh, abortion right is somehow, somehow a privacy right. So they took private property, pr the, 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 the idea about your being free to say that that means that you have privacy rights. It's very convoluted. I probably didn't explain it properly. But the ultimate point is the state has no right to impinge on, on, it doesn't have the authority to impinge on that right unless it can make a case for it. That's what the, the, the due process part of it is. Hmm. So where did they get the, um, this is a woman's body from? So, so, and it's, it's kind of interesting because I read the, um, the opinion. So whenever there's a, a Supreme Court um, a ruling there, unless it's unanimous, which is very rare, there, there very rarely is a unanimous, unanimous decision. There's going to be the, the majority, which could be five, four, six, three, seven, two. In this case, it was seven, two. There is an, um, majority opinion and one of the justices write it and then there is a dissenting opinion so in the the opinion for roe v wade saying roe v wade should be enacted um he basically went back to history so he started going through all the laws and, and what the laws meant and why they were in place and it started to and one of the reasons that he gave was that um thomas aquinas was a famous theologian um from the catholic persuasion had made this argument that the insolment that the baby wasn't didn't have a soul until it started moving. Um, and um, I would like to argue that Thomas didn't mean it that way. He's actually saying if once the baby starts moving, it's insolment and then it's a murder to kill that baby. Hmm. Right. He wasn't necessarily arguing that before that point, it's okay to, to do it. Just that at that point, it was definitely homicide. So they made that argument saying, Hey, even the Christians say, you know, baby's not alive at that point. And the, the argument was that up until the point of viability, the so viability is where the baby can survive outside of the mother's womb, that up to that point, the 
not that it was, I don't know what the argument was, but basically what they're saying is at that point, the state has no right to get involved. It's private. That baby is not alive. That baby is not viable. And so it does not, the, ex, the protection of 14th Amendment does not ex, extend to it. And that's why in Roe v. Wade, they have the restriction of the first trimester. States have no involvement. And second and third, they can get involved because at that point, the mother may be, may die. Like, so there is a possibility of, of uh, life-threatening harm to the mother. And so the state can get involved at that point. So they, they try to reference Thomas Aquinas mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they try to say, okay, this well-known religious guy says this, so we're going right. to use what he has said. But um, this is why I like what Mark Spence said. He said, it's not a woman's uh, right to speak upon this, nor is it a man's right to speak upon it. Mm -hmm. Right. Hence Thomas Aquinas or anybody else, because God has already spoken on. He said that he hates the shedding of innocent blood. He says, thou shalt not murder. And he said in, uh, throughout the scriptures in uh, Psalms and Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Mm -hmm. I knit mm -hmm. you in your mother's womb. And so the Lord has already spoken, showing that life begins from conception. <clears throat> now, I know some people would argue uh, this point um, necessarily, but in even in uh, biogenesis, the development of life comes from pre-existing life. Life comes from life. It doesn't come from exploding rocks. Life comes from life. And if, if a scientist found uh, a cell on another planet, they would say, we found blank <laughs> on a, in outer space, right? right. We found right. life on another planet. But then they look inside of a woman's womb and they say, oh, that's not life. It's just a bunch of cells but if they right. found a cell they would they would say that's life um and so there is a problem with definitions uh right. people don't want to define things they want to run with arguments would actually without actually defining words in which they are making their argument based upon and so apologetics 101 define your terms and so when we think about this mm -hmm. uh a woman has lungs and a heart and kidneys and other body parts. Um, and that those parts, those organs are a woman's body. None of those organs come out of the body after a certain period of time. They, they're not uh, 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 come through the birth canal. And then those parts uh, can then therefore at some point live on their own hence an adult um, but the baby is not a woman's body the baby is attached to a woman's body and that is something i think that is it's very twisted um because the baby comes out but even when the baby comes out the baby still can't live on his or her own without the care of mom even a two-year-old, I mean, he can't live without their parents. I, their I, I, to, just to, to, to add to what you're saying, uh, sure. I heard it from someone. It's going to kill me that I can't remember what, what the, who it was. It might have been on here where, so if, if, if it's a woman's body, and then what gender is the mother at the point if he has a boy, boy child? Because it has a penis. It has there a, you go. It has all the male parts, and it's right. attached to her. So is she a man or a woman? And it's like... No, obviously you're going to say she's still a woman because that baby is separate. It's, it, it's using the nutrients of the mother, but it, it's, it's separate. So now the way- Two hearts, 20 fingers, 20 toes. Exactly, exactly. Right. And there's a, ma a male parts. Exactly, exactly. So the thing is, the, the funny thing is that we're talking about the learned, the people that are supposed to be the ones that are above us in terms of intellect and thinking about the law and stuff. And I read the, 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 the argument, the argument wasn't necessarily about life. What they did was they talked about viability. They talked mm -hmm. about the fact that it can, the, like you just talked about being able to survive out the womb. So they didn't even address the life issue. And they even talked about, and they, they use, they only brought in the church to talk about souls. And so this mm -hmm. idea is that there is no soul at a certain point. And I'm like, okay, how does that even factor into it? It's either a living or not living. Right. And, and the word soul comes from the Greek word psyche. 
psychology, the study of the soul, the soul would be the mind, the will, and the emotions. Mm -hmm. Does a baby in the womb have a mind? Well, yes. yes. Um, does the baby in the womb have emotions? Well, yes. yes. Does the baby in the womb have a will? Yes. So the, the you know, uh, when Adam and Eve were, were formed, God breathed into them and they were a living soul. And when God creates life, uh, there's a soul there. How does that all, this non-material part of someone, uh, how does God do that? I have no idea. I'm not going to try to wrap my theological head around that. Just to say, uh, at conception, God, there's a soul in, 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 the, in the body of a mother. There's a soul there. Uh, she is a soul and he is a soul or she is a soul within whether she's having a male or a female. And uh, those are the only two genders, by the way, the, <laughs> there's, the, not, yeah. <clears throat> there's not 64 genders. There's only two XX XY. I had to bring, I broke up a point. So as a father, your father, one of the yes. things I was told was, Hey, talk to the baby while it's in the womb. It's going yes. to recognize your voice. That's oh. how you make this connection with it. Well, it doesn't have a mind. It doesn't have a soul, right? It, no, from the from conception, you're supposed to interact. You feel the baby. You feel the baby kicking. The mother says, oh, it, it, the baby's restless today. Why? Because they know there's a life inside of them. It's not, ask any mother, any, any pregnant person, ask, is there a life inside of me? And if they're honest, intellectually honest, they're going to say, yes, I feel it moving. I feel it kicking. I feel, um, if you don't know the gender, I feel it doing things. It's not happy today. It didn't right. like what I ate. You know what I mean? Um, and, and to you, and like I said, the, the gender reveals, and I see people who are from the liberal persuasion who are pro-abortion to the hilt, and they'll say, hey, I'm going to have a gender re reveal party. Why? It's not alive. It's a fetus. What, like, what are you doing a gender reveal party for? Like, it doesn't have a mind, doesn't have a soul. So they don't even believe in these things. Now, one of the interesting things is, you know, but, we're going to try to get some of the facts about this. Well, before, but before you go on uh, to your point, I would remember, I remembered my wife would tell me that uh, when our older daughter, um, when my wife was pregnant with our older daughter uh, and I would preach, she would jump. She would mm. jump like the Conviction. whole time, kicking, was in and moving, and uh, and my wife would say, "Man, Eric, you know, your whole sermon, kick, punch, smack." Conviction. I she said, felt well, that sin. You know, there's a martial artist in the womb. <laughs> she felt but, that I mean, sin. Felt yeah, that. but but I mean, and and at that time, I didn't preach very often. So on the few occasions I did, you know, she was moving, mm. uh, moving mm. and grooving, and so. Yeah. And, and, and even the word it, right. What is it? And I, I believe that Mark Spence masterfully yes. said, you know, if your child came in and said, can I kill it? Uh, what is it? Is it the spider? Is it an ant? Is it the dog? Is it her sister? So it must be defined. What is it? Mm -hmm. so, so some interesting, yeah. some interesting tidbits. So Yes. The person named in this, uh, Jane Rowe, wasn't Jane. It was a, is a, it was a moniker. Basically, the name was Norma. So at right. the point of this time, not to attack her, I'm just giving you like background. She had already had two children, which she had already she gave off to adoption. Right. And the third child, which was uh, the subject of this case, actually was born. Didn't die. She. Hmm. They, they took too long, and so whether the case adjudicated and became law, it was too late. So that woman is alive today like mm. living, walking around. And it's just interesting that the whole thing is predicated on, the, on someone who actually did not get aborted, is alive, is wow. living, and is, 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 is living, uh, uh, you know, I, would, I don't know the circumstances of life, but it's alive. So that means she's enjoying the same life that um, uh, Ecclesiastes says we all share the same things, right? Um, so that's very, very interesting. And there were actually a couple other arguments being made at the same time. So there was also a doctor who was arrested several times and he was arguing that, you know, against it. And they overturned that and said, that's not a, that's not an issue. There was also a couple who was arguing that um, John and Mary, that, that she had a medical, a chemical disorder and that her doctors were advising her to discontinue birth control, which, so there was a possibility that she would be, um, uh, have, ba have a baby. Now the issue with this, the point that is, is, um, um, relevant is that 
their arguments for why they wanted to overturn it are the same arguments people made today. Basically, it's going to cause undue harm. You know, it's going to cause psychological harm. They don't want the baby and all these different things. And, you know, maybe I'll sound crass, but just do not have unprotected sex. Do not, you know, do whatever you need to do to avoid that. But don't make the state the issue. Don't make the state like kind of a... a inform your life choices it, it doesn't god is the only one that can do that and he's very clear as to what abortion is and what pregnancy is and god is the one that quickens the room and so you know as a um a believer in god's sovereignty if the baby is if you're pregnant god wanted the baby to be born you yeah know? and and i think that if we would just follow god's law that um in his word that people would wait until they get married yeah uh you know, this, this would be a non-issue. Correct. But, uh, you know, people want to jump around in the sheets and then sacrifice the baby at the altar of convenience mm. for many of the people who use, uh, rape as their, you know, their go-to, um, rape is, uh, fewer than, 1% of all abortions take place because there's been rape or incest involved to create the pregnancy. Um, so many people, uh, uh, many children that are conceived are not being conceived because of rape. And if you were to ask somebody who's pro-abortion and they bring up the rape issue and say, even if I would concede, and I think again, Mark Spence had uh, mentioned this, uh, that you can do it because of rape. In that one percent chance, then would you concede to the ninety-nine percent? And they won't. And they won't. Of course, we would ultimately not concede that it's okay because you don't kill the child for the crime of the father that's murdering that's murdering the wrong person, so to speak. Although it wouldn't be murder if you took care of the uh, the father, that would be justice, uh, yeah. not not murder. So, so, so to go to your point, that's what they argued. Yes. They basically said that, and the, the gist of it is, I'm going to read some of it, is that, that it, was, it was a detriment that the state would impose upon the pregnant woman by denying her choice. So I, I added the, the her part, the choice, because it would cause specific and direct medically diagnosed. Like, so, so they're saying, the state is saying, hey, because at the time, they were not making a biblical argument. Right. The states were basically they, they assumed the biblical argument. And they said, hey, we will allow abortion if the if the mother's life is in danger. And then in um, other states like Georgia, they said rape, incest, incest, all the things that you mentioned. And their argument was that 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 the state because they were arguing, they were saying unless it was medically possible that the harm to the woman's distress of life and future, the psychological harm to the woman, the mental and physical health that would be taxed because of childcare needing, um, the, the stress associated with having an unwanted child, and then the, 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 the adding to the problems of the family by bringing in an, un, a family that was un, already unable to psychologically care for the child, that burden was greater than what the state's fears about the mother's life. Mm. And it's like, oh, oh, and also the stigma of an unwed motherhood. Those are the reasons the why stigma. they said that, right, the stigma. They, How do they know that there's going to be an automatic stigma? I guess, of course, you can't hide a pregnancy because the belly's going to grow. Um, but... I mean, that automatically people are going to look down upon you. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that could be a, a guessing game because, right, if I knew, and I, I work with young people, and some of the young people have, um, have gotten pregnant. And if a young person chooses to have that child, um, I don't look down upon the uh the one you know the young lady who chooses to have her child um i mean it's uh, it's joyous and and there's another person in the world creating the image of god that's born into the world well, well once again mother, mother's day is going to come up soon yes and 
it is single unwed motherhood Shangri-La at that time because right. majority and remember I love mothers my mother's a mother mother was a well not single she was actually married <laughs> but a lot of people I know are, are in the situation if there's no stigma right this allowed it to be there to, for them to be no stigma there my, my point in this is that the court took their personal feelings they took the pressure from outside and they just made all this up mm-hmm. and they made no pretense to what god believed what biology says um and they just basically said hey woman's right woman's right woman's right woman's right but th- th- think Personal about this wasn't uh <clears throat> i mean it, okay it's a little bit of, di- of a different context but mary the mother of jesus right <laughs> she was in a situation yeah um yeah. where people looked at her because she said she had never been with a man and yeah. and she was right she was obviously uh, accurate in that mm-hmm. Um, and Joseph was going to put her away quietly. Joseph didn't say, you know what, I'm going to, you know, we're, I'm going to, I'm going to beat on your belly. We're, or we're going to go to the local bush doctor. That's <laughs> right. Give me some herbs. That's right. We're going to take That's care of right. this. <laughs> the, you know, we're going to go to the moil who, yeah. who gives circumcisions and we're going to take care of, you know, yeah, he's going to circumcise in up. the womb. Yeah. He's going to circumcise yeah. in the womb. And so um, I think we see an example there of a godly man and a godly response mm-hmm. um the, you know of course the lord spoke to him and he uh made mary's wife and he and he took care of that child even though he was not the cause because jesus was not born through natural means but nevertheless um mary was willing to undergo uh whatever people would say because the Imago Dei, like no other, the image of God mm. uh, right there. Christ is the image of the invisible God. You don't get any more Imago Dei than the Imago Dei. Mm. Mm. Definitely agree. <coughs> Definitely agree. Now, and, yeah, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No. I, I, I wanted to mention something that this is something that I think is... Um, you know, very, very dear to my heart. Actually, let me hold off on it because I think this might do us better toward toward the end when we're wrapping up um, as to, you know, where is all this going and, and how do we deal with these things? But as far as now, unless unless I, I, I jumped ahead, as far as now, uh, what is what is on the docket for right now when recently uh, this draft was leaked uh, and it sounds like it was probably from uh, one of the liberal Supreme Court justices, uh, one of the clerks um, from one of the liberal justices, which would be Sotomayor. Uh, is it Kagan? Um, so maybe I, maybe I misunderstood. But before we get there, so one one, they leaked Justice Alito's Alito's. Um, uh, like I said, there there is an opinion in 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 in, in the majority, and then right. then there is a dissenting opinion. And so the in draft the that he, it, well, it's it's called a dissenting opinion, okay. um, because they're 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 dissenting, they're going against the decision, and basically, his the the draft that he's writing sounds like the majority opinion. It's about ninety eight pages. And it's very strongly saying we're going to overturn this, right? Um, so I don't know who leaked it. Um, not sure about that, but it it was definitely leaked by someone there, and it's going to have to be someone, either one of the legal clerks or one of the justices themselves. Um, but the 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 but before we go into that detail, I wanted to just talk briefly about how the Supreme, the different interpretation methodologies um, real quick. So there are the um, originalists and then a subset of that is a textualist and then there is a living constitution. So this Roe v. Wade judgment was a living constitution. That's just, they literally, it's, it's it, to give it biblical terms, we talked about this before we started was, the I would call that eisegesis. eisegesis. You basically go in the text, you, you 
open the Bible, you go like this, you go there, you find the scripture and it says, uh, 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 it says sodomite in there. And you say, nope, sodomites are in the Bible. It's okay. You know, it says homosexuals right. are in there. Okay. God talks about homosexuals. They're in there. No, the, the, the text, the context of the verse is negative. <laughs> you know, another example would be about the, the tongues and speaking where it says, oh, it's in there. Paul is talking about it. Yeah. The context is it's bad. It's negative. It's, 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 it's how do you regulate it so that it doesn't become a mess? Yeah. Not some people everyone call this uh, constitutional hermeneutics. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. So, so, so to, to, to show it. So living constitution is similar to eisegesis. And then I think you're going to speak more about the, the hermeneutics, the way we would do it. And that's more yes. textualism and originalism. Yeah. So for example, the constitution is a piece of literature that requires <clears throat> interpretive skills to determine its meaning, just like we would look in the scripture and we want to determine what it means. And so it has, uh, uh, we use authorial intent. What did the authors mean when the authors wrote to the audience they were writing to at that time? And then how can we take the principles from that and apply it in our modern day context? But we can't somehow twist what the writers of the Constitution uh, meant uh, at that time and then try to uh, eisegete, like you said, uh, this is a living document. So therefore, it's, it, it grows and changes. Um, it, is a, it, it is a viable document, of course, or, or maybe that's the wrong word. Uh, it is a document with specific uh, intent, specific meaning, with authorial intent, um, in its historical context, the and the specialized vocabulary as was used in the 18th century uh, when it was written, and so we use that, right? We use that, and we interpret that to make laws, <clears throat> and those laws are based on what is written. Correct. In the same way that we, when we do church, so to speak, we do church according to the regular principle. What does scripture regulate in terms of worship? And we don't go outside of those train tracks. Correct. So, so just to, to wrap, to wrap it in a bowl, what you're saying is in Roe v. Wade, yes. they basically, they basically created two new rights, the right of pri of the right of, of, of privacy, which I, I, I don't even know what that is. I so don't know that, what that is either. That's led to the gay marriage because because if it's a private thing, you know, state doesn't have any authority over my private, you know, issue, and also the the abortion right. So that is the danger of 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 the living constitution because you can take a section of law and say, hey, okay, meant that, but this allows me to do this, and I from this say this can this and this and this and this can happen now mm. the problem is the supreme court the court itself is not supposed to make any laws it's supposed to say is this law viable or is this law not viable based on the text written here what was was is this going according to what was meant or is it something that's outside of the scope so the way you're supposed to solve this is to vote on it and make a new law. And then if that law violates the constitution and everyone says, you know what, it violates the constitution, but we want to make a new law. Then we do what we, this crazy new thing that's called an amendment to the constitution. But you know why no one wants to do that? Because you have to get a majority, you know, of the hmm. states. Like, I think it's a, 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 a it's, it's not 50%. It's not 60%. It's two like, thirds. I think it's two thirds of the states, not, Hey, California and, 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 and New York believes in it. They're the most popular, popular states. No, you know, 30 to 30 to 40 states have to agree. And then it's changed. They, they're never going to get that. No one's going to get that anymore because no one agrees on anything to that extent. So they, so this is a way to get around what the constitution says. It is a way to get around God's law. If we were keeping it in the, mm -hmm. the, the, the spiritual realm and that, is one of the problems here. And that's why it's important to understand this methodology thing. It's sinful people using their sin in a creative way. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think from uh, Psalm 2, he says, why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves 
and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, Amen. saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. In other words, let's, let's get around God's law. We don't want to be hemmed in and, and trapped by God's law, which says thou shalt not murder and says that God hates the shedding of innocent blood. And of course, there is much innocent blood that's been sh uh, shed uh, in our land. Amen. Amen. Now, now to go back to what you were asking about before, one, there's a couple things going on. I read it up and it's actually not illegal to release it. It's just kind of unethical. It's, it's, it's a little shady. It's kind of like me taking your sermon that you're writing. I stop by your house and I leak it to the congregation and say, Hey, he's going to talk about this. Why? You, you know, why not do, do that? that again, brother? You know? <laughs> hey, that, hey, that church was... Everybody knew my packed. points already. Yeah, but the church is packed, though. The church <laughs> is packed. Is packed. <laughs> um, and and so what I guess your real question is, why do it? I think you can answer that, right? I think it's obvious. Why would someone leak this? Well, I mean, they wanted to have the effect that it's having right now. They wanted people to get up in arms mm -hmm. and... Protest protest absolutely they want to put the pressure on the chief justices and get people out and uh you know if people are you know depending on how far they go with, with protesting they want to change they, they want to change the narrative um you know even it's my understanding that some of these protesters may be showing up at our churches on mother's day um and making their voices known and who knows what other crazy things uh, they may try to do. Um, and so, yeah, uh, they're trying to strong arm. They're trying to strong arm. But when we look in God's law in Romans chapter 13, um, God's, God's uh, rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. And so um we must do what is good and we receive the approval of God for he is God's servant for your good. He being the authorities that God established because there's no authority uh, except from God and those that exist have been instituted by God. And so therefore that would apply to the chief justices. Uh, people are wanting to, I believe it's all over the internet where they live and they want to go and quote unquote, peacefully protest. And, and the Biden administration is actually encouraging all, all of this to go to the chief justice's homes. Well, I mean, well, you, well, you understand why that's happening because the the founders in their wisdom said, okay, there you can intimidate a judge, right? You know the threat. So to make everything equal, so the the, so the idea was the judicial judicial branch. The, the Congress and then the president would have equal powers. The, 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 the Congress would make the laws, the president would execute the laws, and then the Supreme Court would kind of adjudicate between them or, you know, or interpret the laws, right? So you can't have a body interpreting laws and saying, hey, just going to go with the Constitution says, I'm just going to do this. If then the, the president can say, you know, I'm going to fire you. The Congress say, you know, I'm going to get rid of you. So they had to have a protection. So they have a lifetime job. And so whatever decision they made has to be based on their own jurisprudence, their own interpretation of what they think. And where that's why we do this long process, just like we do with a pastor, just like we do with a deacon, say, okay, is this man suitable for the office? Because once he gets in there, he's going to make a lot of influential decisions in the spiritual lives of the people in the church. So... The, so they have this new policy now where they intimidate and they started it with Kavanaugh during his um, um, process where they accused him of everything, of, of rape, everything. And then when they did it to the, the, the other justice, the, the female one who, um, Coney Barrett, I believe. Um, Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah. Amy Coney Barrett. And it attacked her being Catholic and her religious views and her, her adopted pro children and pro-life pro and, pro and everything like that. Yep. So, the, so they're actually targeting those two. And what they're saying is, although you have a job for life, although we can't do anything legally to you, we're going to make your life a living hell. Right. And it is sad. That is what they're doing. They're not making a legal argument. They're not saying, hey, we have 
the right methodology interpretation that we are the majority that we that we feel like a law should be passed they're saying nope 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 we're gonna make you not do this and the idea is because it's not been officially done that they're gonna then change their vote yeah yeah well i mean when you see you know all the blm riots that happen i mean just look how much people are going after this january 6th thing right I mean, this is this what's happening right now is is an egregious. And no one cares. And no one cares, right? An egregious, uh, uh, un, you know, unethical breach, um, and and you know, the liberal media—they're good with it. They're glad it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will posit this, or uh, they will put the leaker up on a pedestal as somebody who's brave and courageous and all this stuff. Uh, somebody that's looking out for the American people. I mean, that's all hogwash. Uh, God has given us uh, people in charge. And unless those people are going against the law, um, then, you know, we we ought to fall in line. Uh, we have this, uh, the, the lesser magistrate, which are those that govern, but the they're supposed to govern according to the constitution, which is above them. And so we know that the judges, you know, interpret the Constitution. Um, but, man, I mean, I, there's nothing in the Constitution that uh, lends itself. Now, when I was reading some of this uh, opinion of the court, it said um, Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Agreed. Its reasoning was exceptionally weak, and the decision has been has had damaging consequences. It is time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. Now, and, now think about this. Think about this. It's not saying abortion is legal, right? Which I that would be our <laughs> the guy would be happy it. with that. It, it it it's just saying, hey, let's have the people decide right not the guy who's on the radio not a guy who's a, the cnn anchor not a couple think tank guys not, not the most the CNN not, not, right. not, not not the most sinful you know debased among us who just want to buck the the, the law of god but but right. reasonable people and say hey is this something where you want to see babies murdered Do you know why they don't want that? Because they're going to lose nine times out of 10. Because when people Mm. know the facts, they say, well, I don't want to be a part of uh, baby murder. But when you recast it as a woman's right, when you recast it as, 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 as a woman's personal right and privacy right and all those other things, then people say, okay, well, I don't want to restrict anyone's right if if they're going to get raped, incest or murder. And then they say, well, that's that's less than 1%. Oh, I didn't know it was less than 1%. Yeah, I was I was watching um, uh, someone on the streets asking um, to sign a document which would go against women's suffrage, and all kinds of people were signing it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we shouldn't have women's suffrage. We don't want them to suffer. <laughs> that, that, that's I don't think they, they know what suffrage means. They don't know what suffrage means, right? So they were actually signing something that was going against a woman's right to vote, thinking suffering. So when you frame the issue of a woman's right, a right to choose a woman's body, the language is important. What if I wanted the right to choose to walk around naked? You know, that's my right. That's my privacy right. I'm going to stop the video right now. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, what, but what if I got, what if I got six, six out of nine people to agree? That'll be okay, right? Right. <laughs> right. Well, they, they actually allowed that in um, Union Square. Yes. Uh, as long as a woman paints her body, it's somehow art, uh, yeah. artful expression. I mean, just egregious. But um, when you use the biblical language of life, when you use the biblical language knit together in, in your mother's womb, uh, thou shall not murder. Um, when you use the biblical language, it goes clearly against this wicked, unbiblical, liberal verbiage, with which does not please God, 
which is uh, something that's not founded in the page of scripture. Matter of fact, the page of scripture speak to such things. And we mentioned in the past with the Canaanites, how they sacrifice their children. Now it's not exactly the same context, but it's the, I believe it's the same heart at the, at the altar of convenience. Um, and, and, what did they do during uh, the Canaanite sacrifices when they sacrificed children? They played music to drown out the shrieks of the children. And a lot of people are drowning out uh, voices like ours, or at least attempting to, because they can't drown them out, um, attempting to by yelling loud and getting a lot of people and having signs and screaming and, <coughs> excuse me, uh, and the like. Um, to, they're just trying to strong arm. They're trying to strong arm. Not, not to pivot away. Okay. Why are we talking about this? You know, you know, we are primarily a, a Christian podcast, um, um, you know, focusing on biblical hermeneutics and the history, historicity of, of Christ and, 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 and the church, um, um, you know, other, other certain issues. Why is this relevant? Because this is a church issue. I, I think uh, um, you've made the case over several podcasts that, mm-hmm. And you've asked several guests that is it the failing of the church, the, the the biblical church, not you know, not a charge of church at large, that we are not consistent on our messaging, that it's not a priority for us, um, a baby's life, that that we are saying there's all these other things more important than whether a baby who has the, the most defenseless um being God has made, that that we are not uniform. I, I brought up the argument that they the, the the supreme court justices used the idea of thomas aquinas and and basically in a way the 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 ambivalence of the church the the lack of um directness of the church as a as as an argument to say hey even the church are cool with this you know you know hey as long as we deal with the fact that you know the woman's not going to die and we accept that, you know, maybe third trimester. It's a, like, that's how they were able to get away with this. So th- now this opportunity, if this is overturned, is going to be, uh, it's not a time to say, hey, we did it. It's our opportunity right. to really win the hearts of minds of people. We got, we're going to go to them and say, hey, Imagio Deo, image of God, not only is abortion wrong, but this points to Christ. The reason why it's wrong is not about the originalists or the textualists or the living constitution or the argument about privacy or parental rights is because that's a living being. And yeah. if God is the creator and the owner of that being, who are we? That's the ultimate right. We need to worry about God's right, which is all mighty, all powerful and over encompassing over anything in any structure. So even if this gets overturned, we don't we can't take a victory lap. No. Because it's not that a portion is going to be over and ended with. It will kick back to the states, and then the elected representatives will be making decisions. And California, yeah. T- t- New California, York. New York, Illinois, they, they, DC yep. is Absolutely. it's gonna be they're gonna make it even more legal. <laughs> Right, if that's possible, you sure. Know, Texas, Florida, Mississippi, Georgia, those kind of states are gonna, you know, put the foot down. And I think we have to make the case, we yes. have to stand firm, we have to say, no, now it's not legal. Right. And I never agreed to this. Right. Now we're like, hey, it's legal, what can we do? No, I people like you, Phil, and other people who've protested, who fought, who've made it, who voted with the idea that that's important. It's a victory in the sense that we have proven that we can move the needle. It and I took don't, 50 years. Yeah. And, and, and for the life of me, I, I, know, I don't care what Mark Dever says. I don't see how in the world someone can vote for candidates who are for the abortion, who are for abortion. If if there's one if there's one issue, it's abortion. <laughs> I mean, it, it is a huge thing. If you um, do if you do not believe that a baby's alive, then I don't trust your judgment on anything else. You can't. You don't. You. I mean, it's the simple thing. You can't get life right. You can't get marriage. But right. I'm gonna. You but I'm gonna trust right. you to to know my finances. 
Exactly. I'm going to make you, I'm going to have you help protect my family and whether someone's going to break into my home. Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I listened to uh, a podcast and um, toward the end of it, uh, Pastor Zach Morgan, an elder at Apology at Church with Jeff Durbin and Dr. James White. uh, He said this, and I was really moved. He said um, in front of the city council, I believe of Phoenix, he said, I come with respect, love, and grace and concern. Innocent people are being executed every single day in our city. And I think we could say the same thing in New York City. Mm-hmm. Fighting for the oppressed of our preborn neighbors is the right action to uphold. They have no voice, so we must speak for them. They can't defend themselves, so we must come to their defense. Regardless of how you self-define abortion, Please listen very carefully. Abortion is the premeditated murder of preborn human beings developing in their mother's womb with malice and forethought. Abortion is murder. And if you're repelled by that statement, and if you continue to support child murder, know that you are on the wrong side of history. And then he went on to cite that only, uh, you know, concerning the Holocaust and only 150 years ago, African Americans were murdered, tortured, butchered, and horribly oppressed. And therefore, uh, now um, it is the the preborn that are murdered, tortured, butchered, and horribly oppressed. And so we would think that now that what was done to African-Americans was, was egregious and was horrific and was wicked. But somehow, so, but we look back and we say that now. Will we look back and say what we hold now an abortion being legal to butcher children in the womb um, and, and make no, make, make no qualms about it. People who are for this, they're, they're an accomplice to murder. Um, they were deemed less than human uh, during slavery. And now children are deemed less than human because it's all about the definitions viable cell a uh, 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 clump of cells fetus and so on and so forth so currently the preborn are murdered tortured butchered and horrifically oppressed and and remember i am completely against all these classes and groups and i'm this and i'm hispanic and right. i'm against that because i think it's it's nonsense um but if you want to if you want to identify hey we the math is out there more black and brown babies, however they colored, whatever they, the term they want to use, right. have are, babies are born or murdered than any other race. So <laughs> yeah, to me, we're going to look back at it and say, hey, millions of potential people of color were killed right. and it was celebrated and you know, fought for and people, you know, cried and were assaulting people for the right to kill their babies. Right. It's not going to look good in retrospect. It's not going to look good. And, you know, I made this argument before and I'll make it again. There is a, 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 a real confusion as to why people of African American um, persuasion are still only 17% of the population after being here for 400 years, because our babies are being killed, you know, and it's never going to grow under this uh, uh, regime, this idea, this principle that 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 that, that is a woman's right. It's not. It is not uh, uh, the the right to take a life is God's right, and yeah. it, it will it, it will never be in any other authority. To a certain extent, the state, in order to adjudicate justice, may do that. But other than that, I don't think there's any purpose the very first uh murder god did not deal kindly with yeah yeah well uh, and that's and that's definitely a strong point um when the murder happened he went to the murderer and said where is your brother abel and for all of those who are advocating abortion and for those that are thinking even now about having an abortion and god says where is your child fill in the blank of the name where is your child where is your son where is your daughter behold their blood cries from the ground you can't look and say 
am I my child's keeper? It God didn't hear it for Cain. Papa he will not hear it from you. He will hold you accountable uh, for the murder of the image of God that was created in the womb. Uh, I see men at the abortion clinics advocating for abortion mm. because after all, they want to keep sleeping with a girlfriend. So no, yeah, no. And they know. want, they men are fighting for the right to be able to do the abortion too. <laughs> it's, oh it's, yeah. It's absolutely. Insane. It's insane. So these guys, and I see it every single time they'll pull up they'll drop off their girlfriend they'll wait in the car. And they don't see that someone's, I spoke to one of them. I said, you understand somebody's, your girlfriend's going inside right now to, to murder your son or daughter. That is your child. And then he said, oh, I hear what you're saying, brother. You know, not everybody can afford, not everybody's ready. I said, forget that. Because someone hit his, hit his side view mirror. And I said, do you see how upset you got at your side view mirror? That thing's a piece of plastic. I said, they're in there murdering your child and you're more up at arms at a piece of plastic getting a scratch than someone scratching and ripping your child out of the womb. I mean, I mean, I pleaded with him, but only God can, can, can obviously change the heart. And so we're, we're violating holy divine law. You shall not murder. And our, our land is polluted with innocent blood and we're staggering under the consequences of divine judgment as a result. And so what's our course of action? Um, we have to repent as a country. We must repent because we are to protect life and many lawmakers are failing in their primary duty to protect life. Um, Preborn human beings are being slaughtered in the womb. Even now, I think up to 40, maybe every minute, um, are, are, are slaughtered. And so another 40 are dying under the watches of the people who are supposed to protect life. Um, and so we, as the church, we need to speak up. We need to speak out. Yes. We need, need to be involved in voting. Yes. We need to be holding accountable those that govern us. Uh, they are supposed to work for us. They're supposed to be our voice and they're being a voice for the enemy right now in this respect. And so today's the day of repentance. And we pray that, um, that they know this because their sin will not be expunged before the throne of the thrice holy God. Glenn, what say you? No, definitely agree. Definitely agree. I think, you know, um, I think it's interesting to discuss this. Um, I'm heartened to hear that this could be overturned. Um, I welcome the conversation because I think we're on the side of the angels. We are on the side of what God has proclaimed. And I, I want everyone to look at this not as a, oh, I got to deal with this. It's going to be problems and say, no, I would rather have an enraged person who is affected deeply by what God says and what God requires and talk to that person than someone who's ambivalent to it. And I think this is our opportunity to spread the gospel in a real way, talking about the reality of God and the reality of life and the reality of death and choices and, and consequences. And we should just be real with everyone. We should tell the truth in love. And I think that is the only way to deal with this. And I am um, encouraged and hopeful that this is overturned and that the conversations that we have about this, although it's going to seem difficult at first, might be the first step by preserving human life. Yeah. And, and I use this conversation as a springboard to talk about the gospel. Mm. Right. And again, it's not, not enough to merely be pro-life or you want to be biblically pro-life because we want people to come to the cross mm. and the cross is where God sent his son to die. And from that death, all those that repent and put their trust in this son that was slain before the foundation of the world will find life everlasting and be made a child of God. And so 
as we despise children in this world, we despise the God that made the children. Antinomianism is a word that means uh, no law. And so God's law is a light unto our feet, a, a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It shows us every step of the way. And it shows us the big issues of life and marriage and gender and all the all the uh, sinful things that we deal with in this world, God's word already has an answer before we even, before abortion was, was a, was a thing. God's word already had the answer way ahead of time, all the way back in Genesis. God did, God was not pleased when Cain murdered his brother and his, and the blood cried from the ground. And God is not pleased when people abort children and their blood cries in the ground um and so i think that this is a, a crucial topic i think that we need to um understand the issues uh politically we understand uh, the issues and and again not that the politics and god's law are diametrically opposed to one another uh, our politics should be informed by god's law as God's law speaks to uh, these specific issues, all right? And we're talking about moral, the moral law, not necessarily the civil law, the ceremonial laws of, of God's law, but the moral law. Mm -hmm. and, and I think next time we'll probably discuss, well, we'll at that point, by that point, we would see what, what's going to happen in terms of the actual case. And then we'll discuss what what the implications are for us going forward and, you know, you know, uh, I read most of, of the draft, but it's a draft, so there might be some adjustments to it. And um, I would be interested to see what the legal argument is, what the moral right. argument is, and obviously we know what the biblical argument is. We know. So the I think, I, yeah. So I think next time we will we'll go into more details about this. Uh, we encourage you to write us. You know, and if you have specific things you want us to discuss about this, things you don't understand. I think it's also very important to understand why the law was made and what the reasoning was, because mm -hmm. that's going to be something to address as well. Hey, this never was about women's right to choose. It was never about a woman's body. It was, it was always about, is this, is it a privacy rule? Is it a privacy right or not? And I, I, we, I don't believe that's legitimate, and I don't believe that the, it's legitimate to say that before the first trimester or the second trimester, the baby doesn't matter. Right. The baby matters at every point in, you know, that the baby's alive. On, on day one of conception, that's life, and the baby matters. And that's a baby. It's just a baby at the very early stages of development. And then the baby turns into Glenroy and I. <laughs> and all of our listeners. Okay, good, good. I, I was going to say, <laughs> if it ended with us. That might be a problem. <clears throat> right, right. And uh, and and those that are born, we want to see them come to Christ, and we want to see uh, Christ change their hearts and lives so that they might become children of God. Um, because even if someone is born as a child in this world, they still need to come to Christ. So we want them to come into the world but we want them to come to Christ. And so let's pray for, let's pray for children. Um, let's pray for the chief justices. Let's pray for our country um, that, uh, that, that God's law will be upheld, that God's word will be honored and that God's word would be obeyed. Well, Glenn, any final words? Final words. Final words. There they are. Uh, spoken like a champ. Mm -hmm. Well, um, we cannot, must not, and will not stay silent as millions are being butchered at the murder mills. As Christians, we must be the voice for the voiceless. Um, please remember that uh, we have uh, t-shirts and paraphernalia, uh, hats and mugs on our Soul Fishing Ministry store. And also pray for us, pray for this ministry. We want to continue to go out to the murder mill and share the gospel. And we do want to come up with a shirt design um, for t-shirts and sweatshirts, which have to do specifically with this issue of abortion. So if you have ideas, 
um, write us and uh, we would love to take a look at some of your ideas. Uh, we want the message to get out there. And so people are wearing all kinds of messages. Why don't we put messages uh, as well on our clothing that would spark up conversation about the things of God? And so we've come up with several ideas. We'd love to hear from you. And so hopefully we will have that out, um, if not this month, the following. Well, thank you for taking this time to stop and think about it. If you would like to contact us, please email us at stopandthinkcrew at gmail.com. You can also visit our website at www.stopandthinkpodcast.com. This podcast is listener supported by generous people like you. You can get a tax deductible donation at our affiliate ministry at www.soulfishingministries.org and click on our donate link to give securely through PayPal. Thank you for listening to Stop and Think About It.